Welcome to Pints and Pelvic Floors, a podcast designed to normalize the discussion around all things pee, poop, sex, and more. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Noble, owner of Pelvic Pride Physical Therapy and Wellness, an LGBTQ-owned transgender safe space and clinic for all. Grab a pint and come as you are as we uncover the myths around our genitals and destigmatize normal body functions, as well as normalize asking for help. So raise your glass because it's a beautiful day to see pelvic floors. All right, welcome back to another episode of Pints and Pelvic Floors. I am going to chat about something that we had a request on today, and that is working with individuals who've had birth trauma. Um, we actually get this a lot, and sometimes we see this in our patients um, before they even really recognize that they're holding on to some kind of like stress or trauma from their delivery. So we're going to dive into that. I hope you've enjoyed the last several episodes. Um, definitely go back and take a listen to those. Again, we're still in prep modes. So there's no beer today, but I guess I'm, I will definitely give a shout out to Pumpkin. My husband bought me some last night when he was out grabbing some dinner. So um, if we're going to give any kind of like beer for the day, that's the one. So let's dive into birth trauma. So big things I think to take from this kind of concept is um, starting with the fact that our body holds trauma. We see this a lot with our patients and have to be sometimes the first provider to have this conversation, um, recognizing that sometimes our story, our emotions of our story, of our delivery story, um, get tied up into our body. It can stay in our muscles and our fascia, um, and then kind of pop back up later in life in different ways. Um, sometimes that can be pretty immediate post delivery and other times it comes several years later. It can manifest as many things. Um, a lot of times it's pain. Uh, sometimes it's some bowel or bladder difficulties and could be just some um, discomfort with touch and touch can be in lots of different places. Um, touch can be intimate touch. Touch can just be very platonic. Um, you know, I had one patient who didn't even like little one to touch her C-section scar. Um, and so about the second or third visit, we kind of dove in a little bit more because she felt ready to share that story. And the C-section was not at all what had, what was kind of her plan or her thoughts as to where her delivery was going to go. Um, it turns out it was pretty rushed and she didn't get a lot of time to sit and consider the options she had in front of her. And so the more we dove into it, the more we realized it sounds like a lot of her birth story is kind of still being held in her body. And this just kind of desire to, um, work through it was there. It was just really hard to figure, you know, kind of put a finger on what was causing the kind of, um, hold back. So that is, um, kind of where we start when we're coming at this, when we're working with our patients who've had any kind of, um, traumatic birth or a birth that didn't necessarily go as they planned. Some people come in and they're just like, you know, all in all, everything went really well, but the more they talk, the more they realize, you know, in the end it worked out well, they're okay. Baby's okay. Um, physically, but sometimes they're holding on to a lot of the mental or emotional side that they weren't really aware of. So when we're working with our patients after delivery, uh, we always come at it from that lens of recognizing there might be some, um, some of their story still held in their body that they may, you know, our patients may or may not be ready to, um, to digest and discuss and to share with us. And that's totally okay. Um, we meet each patient where they are and kind of take it one step at a time. So um, when we're doing that evaluation, I think it's important to note that we don't 
we don't do anything that a patient is not comfortable with and isn't giving enthusiastic consent. We'll do another episode on informed consent and what that means and all the different pieces and parts of it soon. But when our patients come in, if they have um, any reserve, if they have anything they don't really feel comfortable doing yet, if it's something maybe they haven't done themselves yet, we are not pushing anything. We're going to just kind of chat about here some of the options. We're going to talk through what their goals are. And for some people, this might mean we're not putting hands on at all the first visit or the first several visits. Um, this might also mean that we aren't going to um, do anything hands on onto the skin. So sometimes we'll work externally over clothing. So there's a barrier or protection there. Um, sometimes this means that we might actually work with our patients where they do the touch. So we'll guide and we'll show them what we're wanting to, to look at or to try or to do, but we're not actually the ones touching. Um, so it just still kind of feels safe in their body. That being said, we have a lot of our patients who tend to dissociate and are, um, like they just kind of come in and they don't really feel connected or grounded in their body. Um, that can look like maybe they tell me something like I haven't looked at my incision or I haven't even looked at my, you know, my vulva because it's just, it's a mess down there. Um, or I, I just ignore that that part of my body exists. Like I, I think I, you know, my body stops at my belly button and picks back up at my legs or something. Those to us are kind of signs that a patient may be dissociating from their body a little where they're just like, I want to ignore that that part of me exists right now. And so we just kind of meet them there and we recognize, okay, how can we start to ground them and bring them back into that, you know, body space as it feels safe and as it feels um, comfortable for them. We're not, again, not going to force or push anything on anyone if that's not something they're ready to do. So we're just here to kind of support and facilitate anything we need to. So um, it was interesting. Megan Trainer said this, I can't remember where she said it, but she mentioned her first delivery, um, was via cesarean. And she said her therapist had her stand in the mirror and just look at her C-section incision, her scar. Um, and it was like, you know, look at it the first day for 30 seconds and the next day for a minute and the next day for a minute and a half. And it was just kind of like, she was building on it. And the more she sat in the mirror just, and had to look at it, the, the more, um, I don't know, grounded or, confirmed she fell and just like it started to feel better the more she did it and for some people that sounds really scary and so you know while that sounds great sometimes I'm like okay maybe we just touch maybe we touch it through like a thin tank top or a t-shirt or something and and so we're not touching the skin itself but we're just starting to get some awareness of that sensation under the fingers something touching the scar um, if that feels comfortable for some people that doesn't feel comfortable. Maybe we instead have them start by just placing their hands on their low belly, kind of around the belly button and just have them breathe. So now we're getting a little bit of touch. We're getting some breath work. We're getting a little stretch in that low abdominal area because of the breath that's coming down into the belly. Um, so we're going to start as, as far away or as close as we need, as far as much as the patient's possible or uh, is comfortable with, but we're not going to force anything. There's not like, you must get this done to be successful in PT, or you have to get this assessment to make sure we know what's going on. If we just need to sit and take an hour to breathe and to chat and to do something totally unrelated, like move our arms or move our legs. Um, I say unrelated, those are totally related, but you know, it doesn't feel so direct to the body parts. Um, then that's what we do. 
Another thing we have to consider whenever we're having someone come in for pelvic floor PT or pelvic floor therapy after a delivery is we, we were also cognizant of things like what positions might feel triggering. And so, um, kind of the starting position for a pelvic floor exam, if we're starting, you know, lying on the back and then we move into some other positions, well, that might be the position that a patient delivered in. And that can be what's linked to their trauma. The idea of laying on their back again with their knees bent and their, you know, vulva exposed, that can be super, um, vulnerable and again, very triggering. So we're super cautious of that. And we're always cognizant to ask, you know, how much our patient feels like they're ready and and able and willing to share their birth story and start to learn, um, you know, are there positions that don't feel super comfortable right now or don't feel really safe right now? And then how can we modify that again? Maybe that's, we're not even doing a hands-on pelvic floor assessment right now, or maybe we go right into, um, a standing assessment or maybe a sideline assessment, something that's unfamiliar from the birthing postures. And so they don't, their body isn't kind of brought back to that experience, um, if they're not ready to do that. So, um, you know, when you come in, we're definitely going to be very cautious of that, having conversations, communicating what we're looking for, um, and making sure that everything that we're assessing is really related to your goals for therapy and that we're not just assessing things to check mark a box, but doing it because it's something that is going to help you out, um, kind of meeting what you're trying to obtain from PT. Um, so that, yeah, I think that kind of covers the gist of it. So we're just going to review. And then, um, if I riff on some more of this, we will. So big things to remember from any kind of like birthing trauma is that it might come, um, you know, hidden in the tissues. It might be in the scar tissue. It might be in the muscles or the fascia. We see this a lot. And so we just recognize how our body holds it. And then honestly, how our body releases it. Um, lots of tears get shed in the clinic. It's so normal for us. So we welcome it. Sometimes it's really nice and cathartic just to let that out. Um, you know, there is zero judgment from anyone who needs to come in and just cry out some of their symptoms. We're happy to be a part of that. If you want to let us be part of your team there. Um, but just recognizing that sometimes that gets released. We're also going to work closely with our mental health providers in the area. And so if we have a patient who is just, you know, doesn't have a relationship yet with someone and is looking for recommendations, we're going to work with them to find someone to help because we can only go so far in pelvic floor therapy. Um, many of our patients will tell us, you know, you feel like a therapist too. We agree. We totally agree that we feel that way. Um, but we're always very sure that we are, you know, what is our line as a pelvic provider and what is our line, not as a mental health provider and try to make sure we stay, you know, on, in our lane, on our side of the the practice, um, our practice act, and then refer out as necessary. And we work with a lot of great providers in the area. And so that's a big part is we're happy to help connect you with a provider that kind of fits your needs and your goals and desires. But, um, just kind of realizing again, that, that the way that our body can hold onto this trauma sometimes will come out and we just kind of try to try to create a safe space for that to happen. Um, the other things is that we're always keeping an eye on, you know, is our patient dissociating from their body. Um, and sometimes that's, you know, they, as we're trying to do a hands-on assessment, which has been enthusiastically consented to, um, the patient kind of seems like they're not there anymore. Like they're kind of ignoring or they've checked out or they're not an active participant. So we kind of, we ground, we come back into our body. We kind of have some conversations. Um, we are not going to do just like, Oh, cool. They're dissociated. Let's quickly do this exam and come back together. 
No, we are not like that at Pelvic Pride. That is not how um, our clinic functions. We are very aware of that and try to work on, you know, hey, I can see that this seems like it might be a little scary or overwhelming. Um, Do you want to talk about it? Let's take a break for a second. Let's just do some breathing um, and kind of tell me what you're feeling in your body before we do whatever assessment we may have been preparing to do. Um, So we're going to be very aware of that. We're going to keep an eye and, and chat about things like, do you avoid touching? Maybe you don't like the way clothing feels on your incision, or you don't like holding little one because their feet kick it, or you don't like your partner touching that part of your body right now. Um, we're going to have conversations about things like that and and work through, um, you know, how are we able to start to just get comfortable with our own touch? And, and then maybe the touch of a, a stranger being us, um, not that we want to be strangers, but first day we recognize that this is brand new for both of us. Um, as far as we're learning your story, you're learning who we are. And so in a very clinical setting, it's a very controlled way of, okay, we're going to assess these things and you're going to be very informed as we're going. But sometimes when you remove that intimacy of a partner, it can be a little bit comforting only in that, um, you know, we're here to assess only there's nothing more. There's, you know, I say this a lot about therapists, about mental health therapists. I'm like, they're great because you don't take them home with you. You know, they are the person who can dump all your secrets and things that you need to get off your chest. And then you don't have to talk about it at the dinner table. And so sometimes as we're working through the way um, our body's holding on to the stress and trauma in clinic, it's nice because you don't have to take your PTs home with you. We we stay in our, our lives and our boxes over here and you can go home and, you know, if a partner says, how was your session today? You can just say like, it was really good or it was, it was you know, overwhelming or it was whatever the feelings are um, and recognize that you can share as much or as little as you want. And so sometimes that can be nice instead of it being a partner trying to touch a part of you that you don't feel comfortable with yet. And then you feel like it's always kind of like looming overhead. So we try to create that safe space to start, start to let some touch occur, let someone touch the C-section scar, let someone assess the pelvic floor um, when you're ready. And you start to realize like, okay, it's better than I thought, you know, or you get an understanding of, okay, this is where I feel discomfort. This is where I don't feel discomfort. You start to learn how to give it some words and how to, um, kind of communicate that with others, maybe with your OB for your next examination or or with a partner. Um, So that's some stuff that we kind of help work through in pelvic PT for this. Um, And then keeping in mind as we're doing any of these assessments, we want to know, and we're, we're keeping an eye on and having conversations with what positions can be triggering and just try not to get us back into that kind of fight or flight state when you're here in the clinic. Um, So that like I said, I think that wraps it up. That's kind of our overview, where the things get held, the way our patients tend to dissociate and avoid things, and then just keeping an eye on um, not re-triggering any of the stresses and traumas that might have come from the birth. Um, and again, a lot of people don't recognize that they have any kind of birth trauma until they're starting to dive into some of their things after delivery. And maybe we're working through some continued leakage or some um, discomfort with intimacy or some difficulty urinating. And as we're working through it, the patient starts to realize like, wow, this impacted me a lot more than I expected it to. So we're just here to be a safe space to have that conversation. Um, we're going to go at your pace. Again, there's no expectation for how much of an assessment to do or how fast it has to be done. Um, we have, like I said, many patients who we start with breathing. We start with hands off. Uh, maybe they put hands on to start and we just kind of slowly work our way through as it feels safe. 
we don't want PT to be scary. We don't want, you know, therapy to feel overwhelming. Um, we don't want it to feel like, you know, if you're not doing all the things, it's not good enough. Just showing up is all we ask. Um, that is the biggest thing you can do for yourself. If you want to bring little one, that's totally fine. We always welcome littles to come to therapy with parents if needed to, but sometimes it's nice to have that time to yourself where you don't have to care give and you just get to take care of yourself too. Um, so we work around people's schedules to make sure whatever feels best and safe for you, um, works for us. So if you've been having any issues with things like leakage after delivery, pain, discomfort, difficulty with certain movements, painful bowel movement, um, fear of returning to intimacy. I mean, really anything pee, poop, sex related, return to activity and sports. Um, we're here to help and we don't want it to be scary. We don't want it to be painful. Um, our goal is never to invoke or inflict pain because that just kind of feeds that negative loop in our brain of touch hurts, touch is bad. We want to make that a safe thing. So we're always very cognizant of this as we work with you. Um, and we would be super honored to be a part of your recovery and your journey after delivery. So if you have any questions on birth trauma, kind of how we work through things, if there's any just questions you have and follow up as far as can you help with this problem or the symptom or this thing that I'm dealing with, please feel free to send me a DM. Um, you can send us an email. I'm going to drop all that information down in the show notes below. Um, and yeah, just recognize that we never want PT or, or therapy, pelvic therapy to feel scary. Um, it should be a nice place to come and just feel safe, feel like you can leave anything you want to in the room. And I tell my patients all the time, nothing leave these, nothing leaves these four walls. And so as much as you want to dump right here, you can leave it and you can walk out and it's not going to go anywhere, but here. Um, yeah. So that I think sums it all up. Be on the lookout for the, um, next one of the episodes coming up and then a future about informed consent. Um, I think it's super important. We use this model for absolutely every patient when it comes to anything, but I think it can be super helpful to understand a little bit more just about what informed consent is and start to recognize, um, how maybe part of your birth story, there wasn't some informed consent. Um, you know, things like having a cervical check done, um, or someone, you know, seeing what's going on, it shouldn't just be this understood. Let me just like boop up the, the gown and see what's going on down there. Um, there should be an explanation. Hey, what I'd like to do is, you know, check this thing, look at that thing, make this observation. Is that okay with you? Does that feel like something that you're comfortable with me doing right now? Um, that should happen anytime anyone puts their hands on your body. And unfortunately I don't think that happens. So we'll dive a little more into that in our informed consent episode. Um, but for now, just kind of reviewing what happens and kind of how we work with individuals with birth trauma and just keeping in mind that we um, put that in the forefront of our brain as we are kind of structuring each session, each session, um, and just, you know, being sure that our patients are always here with us and wanting to move to the next step. And, you know, if it's one of those days where it just doesn't feel super safe, we back off and we're just like, okay, what can we do? How can we best serve your body today? So hopefully this is helpful. Hopefully this encourages someone um, who has needed pelvic PT or pelvic therapy, but hasn't gotten um, gotten in yet to do that or to realize it doesn't have to be nearly as scary as it might sound. Um, and yeah, I think that's where we'll leave it for today. So hope you have a great rest of your day and until next time, 
Cheers. Hey everyone, just a quick reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not constitute providing medical advice or professional services. Please reach out to your primary care provider if you need any assistance.